Hello folks and welcome to the Gallant View Rangers podcast. My name's Colin McDuff and I'll be your host this evening for a special Q&A episode as we take listeners' questions to try and battle the boredom of the international break. Uh, my esteemed panel tonight um, in a question time uh, style set up, first of all, the, uh, the, the man with the fabulous shirts, Bill, how are you? I'm very well, thank you, good sir. Uh, good to be back on and looking forward to uh, whatever's going to come up in this Q&A because we don't know what the questions are going to be other than Colin has compiled the list. <laughs> yep, I'm looking forward to um, to run through some interesting questions for the listeners. Um, may even be a wee John on some debate. So um, uh, uh, the labour to my Tory, the, the yin to my yang on this side, it's David Tomlinson. How are you? Yeah, great. Looking forward to tonight. Uh, still the same old, uh, same old me missing the football, but got to fill it up with darts. Although I'm missing the darts, obviously just now. But uh, darts, I'm, I'm right into darts as well, so I, I love that as well. Happy days, and adding a wee bit of, you know, um, sensible talking about prestige into the this evening's chat. It's Shona. How are you? I'm very well, Colin. I'm just glad tonight is the last day of international football and we can get back to talking about Rangers and watching Rangers at the weekend. So, yeah, really looking forward to that. I think we've got a really, really tough couple of weeks uh, coming up. So, yeah, it'll be interesting to see how we get on. But as the manager says, it's one game at a time. Absolutely. So, and last but not least, thank you to everybody who's watching along. Um, and on Facebook, YouTube and Twitter, if you can give us a wee like, uh, but more importantly, just get your questions in the comments and we'll run through as many as we can. Let's take it for the top. Bill, um, it's, a, it's a tale as old as time. I will bat, I will bat for John Lundstrom, Davey will bat against it. Um, the first question we're going to run through is, should John Lundstrom receive a new contract? What's your take on this? Um... I'm probably, I'm, I'm torn on that. I'll be sitting on the fence, possibly. Uh, maybe looking for you or Dave to uh, convince me one way or the other to get you in your own camps. But um, for me, he's maybe just not done enough. Um, I'd like to have seen more. He has given us some fantastic moments, really fantastic moments uh, in his time at Idrox. You know, just some of his play, especially the, the European run the other night. But you see, you see sort of weeks and weeks go by where he does very little. Um, and, and recently, you know, he has put in a few great performances, man of the match performances. Um, but is that enough to negate sort of the first six or eight games this season where he barely turned up, in my opinion? Um, you've also got to consider his age. I think he's getting towards 30, maybe. What is he, 28, 29? If we get another big contract for him, uh, he'll be on big wages probably. Will he have any sort of resale value? You know, will we will we be losing anything by letting his contract run down now? Would be the other question, and I, I don't know that it would be. So, you know, in balance, I'm probably at this point in time leaning towards no, but uh, I'm potentially on the fence. Happy to be convinced either way if, if somebody can make a compelling enough argument for it. What we love to hear in every good Q and A show, a firm parked us on the fence, um, off to a fire there, Bill, but no, it's, Davey, I'm going to come to you, um, and I know you're going to list all the reasons why we shouldn't do it, but um, I don't want to give you too much ammunition. I think it's, right now, it's not a guarantee that he gets a new contract. I think we need to see him consistently, consistently um, perform at this level and that's been a criticism. He's been up and down. He's not. He's not been able to do that um, sustainably. I'm guessing you're going to be a no to John Lundstrom getting a new contract. Oh, I'm sitting in the fence, but the the fence is about 400 kilometers inside the no uh, barrier, so I'll, I'll stick to that. No, it's um, he didn't turn up last year. He didn't turn up the beginning for the year. The reason he he doesn't turn up is because he's not fit. For me, any player that doesn't get himself fit, a professional player should, should know his own fitness. If you look back in his record throughout his career, it's 
got to a final loss, got to a final loss, got to a final loss. And maybe the Scottish Cup with Rangers, I don't know whether he was playing in that one or not. I can't, my memory isn't that good for that. But um, all the... All convenient. The tonight, convenient you forget about that one. <laughs> no, I remember. I brought it up. I brought it up. But um, if you look at Oxford United, lost the final uh, twice, I think. He lost the final with them. And it's, it's just been... Yeah, his whole career has just been being filled with lost, lost, lost. Everton didn't look at him. They weren't interested in him. They let him go. It was at his beginning. Of his career was loan, 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 loan. So, and if you just look what he's done with Rangers, when he first came, he didn't do it. Then he got in into a wee spell. Great game against Leipzig. Absolutely brilliant. That had a good few games. They played well in the, the run up to the, the European final. But that's really all it's done. And as I say, if, if it was, if it was. Think something to do with the team not playing good, but it's his own fitness. And now all of a sudden we've got a new manager, and it's oh wait a minute, my contract's up in the summer. Maybe I better get my finger out my backside. And that's uh, that's just my so for me, a definite no. I don't think he's good enough. I think Raskin can play his role better than, than he can play it. Hopefully there'll be a couple of young boys coming through that can play that role as well, play midfield role as well. So, um, no, I'm sorry, giving a, a 29-year-old Lundstrom a contract that will take him up to 33, but it'll probably be a four-year contract. We've already seen the financial report. We need to cut the bill, the wage bill. He'll probably one of the higher-end earners. So it's definitely a no for me. So there's probably a few points I'd you know, I probably, I'm I'm the other end of the opinion with that, and like, this won't be a surprise to the listeners. So I'll put my toppings worth in before Sean I can round it off with um, a, a sensible answer. Um, I I do think in terms of ability, John Lundstrom is good enough to be a main player for Rangers. My issue, as I said, is he, he doesn't do it consistently enough, um, and that's. But we can label that so many, uh, the current squad and the uh, players over the last three, four years. His consistency has been an issue with Rangers in general. I think Mr. Thursday night, um, when he is on his game, I agree with you that Ration is probably a better footballer um, and long term is going to be more important for Rangers. But I think Ration has his best games when John Lundstrom mm-hmm. does the dirty work and shows up. You know, shows up the defence that allows players like Rash and Cantwell to go and play their game. Um, I, I think it, there's an art in somebody, a commander in the middle of the park who can do that. Um, but back to that, we need to see him being able to do this on a, con, a consistent basis. Um, I think if he keeps this up until December, January, I would give him another two-year contact. Um, and I think he's a good option to have for the levels of performance that he can do. My issue is that we shouldn't rest on our laurels there. Whoever we bring in for that position has to be better than Lundstrom. So Lundstrom either has to raise our game, uh, raise his game to get in, um, or he won't play. Shona, what's your thoughts? So I'm going to give my thoughts around why John Lucian should probably get a new contract and reasons behind this, I think obviously he still needs to show that consistency, but I do think he's probably one of the most improved players under the new manager so far. I think he's been a bit more forward thinking. I think he's brought that confidence back within himself. I think um, this, um, how the manager goes on about leaders on the park. I think John Lundstrom's really taken that on board. And I think we've got to look at the bigger picture here. I think obviously John Lundstrom is out of contract in the summer. So is Ryan Jack. You've got the likes of Sifuentes. We don't know what's happening with, with Stephen Davis, whether he'll ever make a return to Rangers. I know he's obviously not part of it. Obviously, he's, he's not in contract at the moment, but he's obviously looking still at his rehab, still thinking he wants to continue playing football. You've also got the likes of Raskin in there in midfield. And that's really about it. And if you have John Lundstrom and Ryan Jack both leaving in the summer, at least quite a big gap for you to go on in the summer if things don't work out with Dessers. You're then saying to yourself, you need to buy a centre-back, which think a lot of the fans want you're then saying you're going to have to buy two midfielders people are saying that we might have to get another winger in depending on how obviously McCausland uh development development is and obviously the likes of the injuries that they, that Tom Lawrence and Dale keep picking up 
So, and then obviously you're talking about Bruce as well as out of contract, you talk about a new striker. So I think um, the bigger picture you have to look at, John Lundstrom's been very, very consistent so far under the new manager. I think as well with with uh, with John Lundstrom, he's hardly ever injured. I think if you look at the likes of Sifuentes, Raskin and Jack, they're always consistently injured. Can you go into another season with three players like um, Jack, Raskin and, and Sifuentes that constantly get injured? Because I think then, you're leaving yourself exposed in the midfield. Obviously, we've got the likes of Bailey Rice, which I'd like to see come through, but I don't want uh, John Lundstrom just to go out the door just so that Bailey Rice gets his opportunity. I think it's got to be a gradual build-up with these guys. I think when you've looked at the likes of Adam Devine and, and Leon King getting a run of games, I think it's really not really helped their development in a way. I think what you've got to do is got to be gradual build-up with these guys. You can't ask Bailey Rice to go into every single game and put in the performances that we're wanting. So I think the likes of the experience that John Lundstrom has I think John Lundstrom is also quite a versatile player. If you want him in that midfield, that that, that um, in the mid in the midfield as well. So I think um, the fans are now getting back on board with Don, John Lundstrom. I think if he does make a mistake in the park, but obviously makes a, a seventy yard pass for a goal, I think the fans can get on board with that. Every every footballer is going to make mistakes, you know that way. So uh, the John Lundstrom songs back. He played that pass. I think it was for Danilo, um, and then Danilo brought it was Danilo Sima that brought it down, and it was for the Cantwell goal. You don't see as many sideway passing from John Lewis. A lot of it's very much direct. I think this is what the manager wants to do, is play a lot more direct football. We can see that on the pitch. Um, we're not. We're obviously using the left and the right. We're using the left a lot more than what we were doing last year. A lot of our attacks were coming down the right-hand side. So, no, I think um, overall you've got to look at the bigger picture, guys. Do we want all these guys out of contract in the summer? Are we going to have like the inter-players that you've got consistently? Are you going to want to look for two midfielders? Because you're talking base part. What, maybe five or six million pounds for two two decent midfielders. So I think um, between the two, unfortunately, I'm, I'm a massive Ryan Ryan Jack fan. There's no doubt about it. But he is consistently always injured and he can't play three games in a row. So for me, out of the two at the moment, who would I choose? I think I'd probably choose Lundstrom over Jack at this moment in time. But I do think that John Lundstrom does have a, a, a bit more consistency to bring. So um, no, I would definitely at this moment in time be thinking about offering John Lundstrom a, a, a new two-year deal. Um, but we'll wait and see. Yeah, I think it's interesting, Paul McGarrigal saying um, one, asking if one someone plays better next to Jack, and I think there is a point there, but again, that's when it's a midfield two, um, that double pivot, the 24 call it, um, it's part of a three, then you probably do want Rassian once from somebody else. Um, just before we go into the next question, a massive shout out and a thank you to Cam AK, who's gifted 10 Gallant View. Uh, membership so the memberships are a pound a month to get additional content um cami that's really really generous he's a long-term subscriber as well and i cannot thank you enough so thank you cami also one of the hitmen um one of the sniper he acts as our moderators for the chat as well so don't piss him off or you'll be booted out but really appreciate it cami uh, can I come in? Can I come back in and very quickly we've got other questions i'm putting on my best fiona bruce act, uh, impersonation Jonah kept saying he's under the new manager, he's looking great. Six games, six games. He came out in 2019. How many games has he played good in, in all that time? Sorry, the, the six games just doesn't wash it. And he wasn't even that great the last two games. But he I would brought, argue, he, I would I argue he, he can't play seven decent games in seven, six games. You can only judge him on what it's been. It's only been six games because that's all he's had to play. So back to the point, he has to do this consistently. Uh, absolutely. Yeah, but he's not been doing it consistently and that's the problem. So so what you're doing now is you're saying, oh, he's not, he's not getting injured. Well, there's no guarantee there that he's not going to get injured because any player can get injured. So you're, you're going to sign a player just in the fact that he might not get injured. That's uh, Sorry, that's a, a, a stupid way of thinking, really. No, he's he not. Just quickly, he's not. He's not. He might not get injured. He's very rarely injured compared to the other other midfielders in our, that we've got. That's it. Sorry, Colin. And also, David, you've been a Rangers fan much longer than I, and you know your relationship with injuries. So, for somebody who is readily available time and time again, I think that's a big tick. But um, it's interesting. There's a lot of this one does really split opinion in the comments. Um, there's a lot for and a lot against, and not even kind of in the middle a lot actively for and a lot really set against um bill there's um quite a few um 
compliments um, for your, your dress sense. Um, a, a few people asking if you're wearing flares um, with your trendy shirts as well. But the question I'm going to put to you is from David Heard, um, also a renowned Rangers um, genius, um, friend of the show, author, just all round good guy. He's asking if all the central defenders are fit at the same time, which pairing do you think is the strongest? All the central defenders. I think the strongest pairing is Butcher and Goff. But uh, maybe had that time already. With the current ones, I'd say actually Goldson and Balogun. I really like. Um, I think I know Balogun is really getting on. He's thirty-five now or something. Getting on, I know. It's not that old, but um, you know, I think his recovery piece is fantastic. His positioning's really good, and I actually think he just strolls forward out of defence as well. Goldson's got the ability to play that 70-yard pass. And I know um, he's one of these figures where a lot of people in our fan base are really super critical of Connor Goldson. But I don't think he does a huge amount wrong. Um, you know, I, I think he, he does well for his... He, he kind of wins his duels enough. Um, he does make mistakes. He's definitely got a mistake in him. You know, and it's probably going to get more so the next few seasons as he, he starts to get a bit older. But I've, I've said this on the show numerous times before. The types of defenders that don't make mistakes, we can't afford to get, you know. And I think we'll really miss Goldson when he's gone. We'll notice what he was bringing us. Um, yeah, for me, I think it's, it's pretty clear cut Goldson and Balogun. Um, I think you could put Suter and or Davies into that role if Balogun doesn't play. But I, do, I think Balogun's my choice in front of those two. Davy, kind of on a, a similar note then on the on the central defence, um, I think we do need to freshen up the central defence a wee bit more. Balogun, he's had a great run of form, but he, he is getting to, you know, the, he is ne- getting near nearer 40 than he is 30. Golson, you know, how long is his career going to last as well? Will Davis and Suter be the long-term answers? Um, RFC 56 is asking about a couple of players, wondering if we will go. Um, but specifically, I want to ask you, Scott McKenna, um, formerly of Aberdeen, um, now at Nottingham Forest, um, his contract's running out. Would you take Scott McKenna? I think I would at the moment. He's going to be uh, on a... A free. We can, we can sign them in January or now. What is it you call that when you you can sign them six months before a pre contract? And I think he will certainly. Let's face it. We need to renew the whole defence. Really, it's not. It's not. It's, I don't think you can do that all at once. So we probably need to keep Connor Golson for another year. But we really need to. The whole defence needs needs revamp. Having years. Not the not the player he was a couple of years back, although he does still some have some good games. Goldson does have a mistake in him, but is especially under if you want to count under the new manager, he's been absolutely brilliant. <laughs> but um, unfortunately, that's six games again. But um, no, I I, I think uh, McKenna I would go for him. I, I think we are far too snobbish with uh, with, with with young Scottish players. I, I think with there the, is good players out there, and I certainly seen a, I seen a good few the, the other day when I watched the under twenty one game, and there is certainly a, a good few players in that Scotland team that, that I would say no we we should be after them. Uh, I'll, I'll get them out. Con, Connor Barron from Aberdeen, we've seen him playing against us. It was absolutely brilliant the other night for for under twenty ones against Belgium. And Wild Cameron, I believe he plays with Dundee. He was he was the best player in the park. And there was another. Well, I, I think uh, there's a guy called Bowie. I think he plays for Fulham. There, he's probably out of price range. Doak for Liverpool. I think he uh, he'll not be anywhere near our price range. And Kilokoa Mullen. I don't know where he plays for. Never. He's a centre half. But he was a really, really good player as well. And I think that's that's players that we should be looking at for the future because we do need to revamp this defence. It's uh, it's actually past its uh, sell-by date, but we'll probably not be able to revamp it all at once. Shona, 
there was a, a question submitted by Glasgow Rangers Nation um, from the, the Norway. That's another Rangers pod uh, run by Owen and Victoria. Um, again, you'll find them on Twitter. Come give them a come give them a like and follow. They they, they do a good daily content as well. Um, Owen's asked. Um, uh, what positions would you like to see Rangers strengthen in January? I was just putting my toppings worth in here. Um, I, I would like uh, another striker and a wide man. I think we've got, in terms of the priorities, obviously there's a lot in my, my wish list, but the priorities are a striker and a wide man. Because um, I think we've got enough in the midfield and defence to comfortably challenge um, between now and the end of the season providing everybody can maintain form and challenge each other. I do think we're lacking in the forward areas. What about yourself? Yeah, I think uh, with Ruth going out the, out, the, out the door in the summer, I don't think Rangers will renew, renew his contract. Um, I don't know if anybody's heard about this injury, but supposedly this injury is like all in his mind. Supposedly he's not been injured. As soon as he feels something, he thinks he's injured. But uh, Look, I, I don't know how that's going to work. I think if we've only got six months left, he's not even getting, he's not even coming off the bench at the moment when he's been in the squad. So, look, I think uh, we probably will have to look at a, a striker in the summer. Do I think that'll be Lauren Shankland? I don't think so, guys. It's just my opinion. I just can't see uh, Lauren Shankland. I know people are saying they're paid two to three million pounds for Lauren Shankland. I just, uh, it's just for me, it's just, it's just not the type of player that. I think we'll do well at Rangers. I think he's doing really well at Hearts, and I think that's his level, but that's just my opinion. Um, so I do think we'll probably need to bring in a strike in the summer. I think right wing as well. I think, look, guys, I think we lost our opportunity. It depends on how Cantwell gets down on this right-hand side. It seems to be playing on. Obviously, you've got the likes of uh, Sima. You've got the likes of Matondo as well, how they're both going to fit into the team. I think you've got Scott Wright. I can't see really see Scott Wright's contract being renewed in the summer either, so that'll be another player out the door. So I think we kind of maybe missed an opportunity with the likes of that Morgan Whitaker and uh, Louis Palmer. I think Louis Palmer's done quite a good job since now he's been at, over the other side of the, the, the city. And uh, Morgan Whitaker is scoring quite a few goals for, for Plymouth. Um, and he would have been exactly the type of guy that I think. I think he's quite like a Seema. I don't think maybe he's as good as Seema. But I do think as well in the January transfer window, we should start by looking at um, opportunities to see if it is that we could go and sign Seema. Whether that means paying seven to eight million pounds for him, I think. To be honest, that the, the wages and everything is just going up and up and up. I think a lot of the Premier League clubs next year will be watching their finances as well. So I don't see why we shouldn't have um, a word and just ask the question at the end of the day. I think we should. I think um, the, the issue with the centre-backs, I think the problem with our, our centre-backs is that um, Golson's probably another one that's probably the most consistent. I know he's had that one that one serious injury, but I think if I were to look at the, the defenders overall, I probably would. I do think that John Suter is probably a better defender than uh, Connor Golson, but the problem is John Suter can't keep fit. Balogun's getting on a wee bit. Obviously, he's picking up injuries. He's only in a one-year deal. And then you've got the likes of Ben Davis. I think Ben Davis has done an okay job. I know he went in, went in for some some to start with. But that's what you're left with. So I do believe. I do think that we obviously need to bring in maybe a younger centre half. Whether that's somebody like Connor Barron, I'm not too sure. I don't know if that maybe a wee bit too young. But um, Scott McKenna. I don't think he's good enough for Rangers, guys. I, I've seen him have a few howlers down at that Northern Forest, uh, just taking that step level above, and that's why I, that's the kind of reasons as to why I don't want Lawrence Shankland. I think you saw the likes of like Stevie May. I know you had who was the guy that, that obviously used to play for Celtic, went to was it Dundee United and Motherwell? Who was that again? God, I'm just gonna what what was his name? Tony Watt. Is that the one that I'm thinking of? As soon as he went to Celtic, apart from that goal in Barcelona, he never really did anything. Then he went to, what was it, Motherwell, scoring really good goals. I think at one point Rangers fans were asked about Tony Watt. He's now not even getting a game for Dundee United, guys. So, look, that's just my opinion. I'm not just saying that because these guys are Scottish players. I just think that getting to that next level is really a different a different scale. And uh, obviously, it depends on how Danilo does. Danilo's scoring goals. The next person that's going to come in, they're not going to be first choice. They're going to be second or third, depending on, on how Dessers gets on. And I think um, another reason why I said like we need to be careful about going for maybe Chankland in January and maybe wait to the summer, because I do think that you've spent this money on Dessers. Like, I know, guys, that Dessers has not been good enough. He definitely has. I think the last two games under the manager, he's been slightly better. But we cannot have a £4.5 million player sitting on our bench and then having another guy coming in. And so, look, for me, you've got to try, because at the end of the day, the more we can sit him on the bench at four and a half million pounds, 
clubs are not going to come in from. They're just not going to come in for a guy that's sitting on a bench doing nothing. So look, we're going to have to try and get something out of Desert between now and the end of the season. And then I think at the end of the season, we can review what we need. Um, but I think uh, for me, I wouldn't, I wouldn't really be looking at Shankland in January. I think I'd be looking at a, a right-sided midfielder and possibly a, a centre-back. The, the the question I was going to ask Colin is uh are we the people that are wanting a right winger are we writing off McCausland and Lovelace at the moment then because uh Lovelace played against St Myrna in the right wing and McCausland's come in been a been a great player the games that he's played I know it's only a few games but does that include McCausland or are we talking about bringing a pair player above Cobb McCausland? It's a very good question, Davey, and let's ask Bill. So, Bill, there is some questions uh, coming in around the, the right wing um, position. A lot of the listeners are commenting saying they would like to see another winger. Um, also, we have uh, Seema, Paul McGarrigan's asking, is he better in right mid than left? Personally, I think he's better in the left. There was some questions submitted beforehand, uh, including from Scott from the pod. Does Ross McCausland get more regular starting games. Um, for me, I think he's in the conversation. I don't think I don't like the idea of putting somebody in just because they're young and we want to sign. He has to earn it. Um, I think right now there is still a question mark over McCausland if he can do it at a consistent level. There's a question mark over Scott Wright can he do it at a consistent level, and it leaves us with Sima and Matondo. So I, I do still think we maybe need to strengthen there. Yeah, I'd like to see the strength in there and maybe somebody that can, you know, play one or two different positions. We have seen Cantwell out on the right a lot. Um, and I remember Michael Beale trying that with Cantwell, um, actually trying it against Celtic, I think. And I didn't like it at all. It didn't work that day. Uh, it, it felt as if, if I remember right, Ryan Jack was on the park and could probably have played where Beale was trying to play Cantwell because Cantwell's main role that day seemed to be helping out Tavernier when Tav was trying to get forward. And I didn't think Cantwell... But Cantwell has looked okay off the right um, under Clement. You know, maybe a bit of a slow start across there, but, you know, he, he looked pretty good uh, the last couple of games over there. And I wonder if that's Clement's plan, is to try and play him out there whilst playing Lammers through the middle. Um, I think Lammers has got a lot to do to satisfy me that he can never be a Rangers player. I'd prefer to see Todd Cantwell playing where Lammers is at the moment and we have a right winger. Uh, in terms of the right wingers that we've got, or the right midfielders, I like Scott Wright. Um, I think if Scott Wright gets a run in the team, I think he's got enough to be consistent for us. He might not be top, top Rangers standard, but he is a good player. He's got real explosive pace and he just runs at defenders and terrifies them. So, you know, I, I think if Scott Wright can get a good run in the team, he'll potentially be Clement's first pick across on the right. Uh, McCausland, totally agree with what you're saying, Colin. Um, I like the look of him so far, but he has to earn it, and I don't think he's yet at the point of being first pick across on the right. I think he'll be getting a good number of minutes this season because Clement seems to quite like him. But I, I do think there are stronger players there in front of him. But I'm wondering if we can get sort of a player who can play in that general area but maybe take one or two different roles so not not just an out and out winger across there but maybe you know somebody that's plays off the right but also can drift in and come to the center or actually go up and be part of a front three or something like that you know a bit more of a almost like a utility man um in terms of Sima, i agree with you i thought i'd like Sima on the left no question i think he's much better across there uh i hope you know as, as uh, i think when i was saying earlier i hope we can that Sima is a guy that we can hold on to after the end of the season. Shona made a really good point about the English clubs perhaps wanting to watch their finances, which I think is a wee allusion to Everton's current predicament and, uh, you know, whatever it is that Man City are about to go through, who knows. But it's a really good point. The English clubs might be sort of looking to rein in their spending a little bit based on what's happened down there. So there may be a chance to go and get somebody like Sima and uh, you know, with sort of within Rangers price range. Who knows? Uh, I'd, I'd really like to see him wait on uh, and, you know, kind of make that left worth his own. Uh, Matondo's still looking back to injury as well as the other one. And, um, you know, I really like Rabbi Matondo. I think he showed us some good things when he was playing earlier in the season. 
so it's all to play for, but I would like to see us a kind of strengthening in that area, yeah. For a, for a second, just as you shortly, um, talking about Seema playing on the left, if you remember, the, I think it was the last game we played under the game before it, McCausland gave him a beautiful ball right through and he tried to take it with his right. If he was a real left winger, that ball would have been in the net. He would have brought it down with his left foot and put it in the net. He tried to take it with his right foot and put it past the, the, the post because he couldn't control it. So because it was outside of his right. And that is where I have got something with a, a, a right-footed player playing in the left wing. And I think uh, I, I prefer to see a right-footed player playing in, in his normal, natural position. It, I, I think we're all probably roughly on the same page. There's so much promise for the wing positions when we talk about, you know, like I, I take that point, uh, David Seema, I think we forget that Seema is still a young boy, even though he's setting the head of the light for the most part. I think he's really going to improve um, in the years to come. I don't think it'll be at Rangers, sadly enough, but, you know, we've got Matondo, we've shown glimpses as well before he got injured, and there's a lot of promise for Ross McCausland. I think we're probably all just not sure that that promise is really translating enough what we need. Um, we might be back in six months' time and going into the next season saying, no, we've got straw, right, Ross McCausland and Matondo, we just need another winger because these three are flying. But it's um, it's interesting that... Sorry, Sean, I'll go. No, sorry to interrupt. The only thing that I've got with Seema is that if we don't sign him in January, if we don't try and sign him in January, is that going to hinder Matondo's development for getting into the first team? Because at the moment, you're not going to drop Seema. And I know David's saying there about... Sorry, oh my sorry. Um, I know David's saying there about Seema on the, obviously um, saying that oh, he doesn't like coming in from the right-hand side. It's our top goal scorer in the front three so far. David, I mean, this year, and I think he's scored some amount of goals, not just with his feet. I think he scored with his header. He scored all sorts of goals. So he scored one up to his cut inside and he scored as a crucial goal in the in the Europa League. So, no, I think um, at the moment, he's probably our best player. That we've, Between him and Butlin, they've probably been our best two players at the moment. So it's just whether or, whether or not Sima causes on so, so really good form, is he going to hinder Matondo coming back? Because at the moment, you're not going to drop Sima for Matondo. So moving on to the next few questions, um, a friend of the pod, Curry, is asking question if your co-host were in a horror movie, which one would it be? Um, uh, David, you'd be the Blair Witch Project, the Revdices you try to set up at the start, man, it's properly amateur cams, like, <laughs> see up your nose and all that. Um, Shona, maybe The Exorcist, like, I've seen you look for Jack Butland, your head goes right round 180. <laughs> Bill, you stay in the middle of nowhere. I can only say the deliverance. Um, so that's um, that's what I'm going for. Um, shout out for Curry. He's setting up um, the Ibrook Stands podcast as well. Um, so it's not up and running yet. Keep an eye on Twitter and we'll share it everywhere as well. Um, it's, I'm sure we're all looking forward to that. Um, you know, we all love a Curry Muncher rant. So look forward to that coming on our screens. Um, thanks for your question, Curry, as always. Um, Davey. I'm sure you don't mind me saying that you've got the, you know, the a couple of years on the rest of us. With that comes um, intelligence, <laughs> wisdom, and a great model of Rangers goal. So another friend of the pod, SM Media, is asking you, what's your favourite Rangers goal of all time? Oh, that's a that's a difficult one. Right in the spot. Yeah, I've got it. I, I, I mean, I must admit, it's not that long ago. I think the. The best goal I've probably seen is Roof in was it in Belgium where he hit where he beat about five players and hit the ball from inside their own half. I think I think that's a, the, the, the the goal that I can sort of uh, remember the the uh, the uh, the sort of uh, springs to mind is the best goal that I've seen. I don't think I've seen in all the time of uh, obviously more these goals are becoming more and more. I think Keane had one a, a couple of weeks ago for Bayern Munich. But that's because the ball is now far lighter. In the olden days, I mean, the really olden days, I mean, there used to be a, a, a pair of laces through the ball, but they don't have, obviously, that's years ago. But you, you, I think the balls, I think the boots are, uh, that they've got now are far better. But that's, that, that's the goal that, that springs to mind. I'm, I'm trying to, to think of it. I think David Pollock would probably be better at that than me because my memory isn't that, that great. But, uh, well, 
David Park would have. Sorry, just that reminded me when I'd done the 10 questions with David Park and asked him for his favourite Rangers role. So it was 10 set questions, 10 answers, and bless him, he loves a storytelling. He gave me a short list of 10 for each answer. Um, <laughs> and it took just 20 minutes to get by the first question of a half hour podcast. Sorry, David, on you go. Another goal that the sort of a, because it, it broke Celtic's dominance for a while was Kai Johansson. He uh, he, had, he had a screamer of a shot, 1 0 cup final. Not sure what cup final it was now. Uh, and, and that was the first sort of a game that we'd, we'd beat them in with this trophy that we'd, we'd won. I thoroughly enjoyed that one. And another one that I really loved, which wouldn't be goal of the season, was Big Tom for side scoring from about three. Three inches, I think it was. So that that's that's always one that sticks in my head. Uh, that's a, that's a sort of a. But I'm I'm not great at, at memories. Uh, so yeah, as I say, I think uh, even if I was, I think roof roof. I, I don't think that, that there's many goals will beat that. To be honest with you. Yeah. Oh, and Conterman, Bert Conterman springs to my mind now. Big Bert, big Bert. against funny. Celtic. Yeah, it's that one doesn't springs to my mind. There's a lot of crackers coming in, um, like some that, you know, the obvious ones, like maybe like Ray Wilkins or Lovingrands or, you know, even like William Reynolds saying Sonia Lucas against Celtic. Um, there's your favourite of a Rangers role. It doesn't always have to be the best. Sometimes it's just what means yeah. the most or just when you've watched it. It's, um, there's, um, if I can come quickly, there's two for me. Neither of them are spectacular. One of them is John Lundstrom against Leipzig. And the other one is, I believe, Brian Loudrup's only header as a goal that won his nine in a row up at Anadice. That would be my two favourite Rangers goals, and none of them spectacular, but both just absolutely fantastic bonkers. Yeah, if so, you're going to put it that way, Colin, that, that uh, it's not always the best goal, I think probably one of the most memorable uh, the goal that I remember was Scott McDonald for Motherwell against Celtic. <laughs> An extra time, the, the, the 90th minute. I'll never forget that one. <laughs> uh, Shona, I'm interested in getting yours. Just very quickly, my favourite of a Rangers role, um, although John Lundsum at Leipzig is up there, I've never, uh, you know, people pay good money if you have. I felt that night, man, that was so euphoric. Um, Mines is Nikita Jelovic at Hamden against Celtic, where the ball like trickled over the line. Um, like hit both posts, it's not a great goal ever, but it's just what we knew was what was last day at, um, at Hamden, and I don't know if something just really special about that that game for me. Um, I love that goal, but Shields. Funnily enough, it's already been mentioned. Um, I did think the one, the Yelovich one, was good. It was kind of like a sliding moment, wasn't it, between him and the goalkeeper? And it went in both posts. And then obviously the one was Kemar Roof at Stanley Lage. But honestly, for me, the goals that were scored on the uh, helicopter Sunday, that just honestly tops it all off. I think every single one of those goals was absolutely magnificent. Um, so, yeah, um, like even Barry McKay's, um his volley from outside the box was a good one. And obviously, Bert Conterman can obviously stand out for me, and Pedro Mendes was another one. So there is, there's loads out there, but I think the best goal that I've ever seen was probably Helicopter Sunday. Lovely stuff, lovely stuff. So back to current affairs then. Um, Sean, I'm going to stay with you, actually. Um, and we've got a, a couple of questions on, from Teddy Bears. Um so he's asked um, two questions. One, can we bring back Haji in January? And two, do we offer Bonner a new deal or allow him to leave for out in the summer? So I'm going to ask you to talk to us about Yanis Haji. Um, he's now one Romania player of the month, um, voted by the Romanian fans. He's scored the goal to send Romania through to Euro 2024. He's... he's he started like six games in a row for Alibes. He's wrote two goals, three assists. For me, it's a no-brainer. If we can, and I think with every loan deal, there is an element you will be able to, whether there's maybe a fee involved for a cancellation fee by your Rangers. I think it's worth it. If we need reinforcements in the wide areas of midfield, get Yanis Hadji. Bring him home. What's your thoughts? <laughs> I'm going to disagree with you, Colin. I think he should just stay out on loan and uh, continue what he's doing out there at the moment. And uh, if he has a good season and he comes back to Rangers in the summer, then fair enough. I just think 
at this moment in time, we've got far too many players that are in that that that, that role at the moment. I think you've got the likes of Tom Lawrence coming back. You've obviously got um, Todd Cantwell. You've got Kieran Dill. They can all play the kind of same position as Hadji. Um, I think Hadji would come in in uh, January um, because Clement likes him and uh, gets a, gets straight into that first team. I think he would have to earn it for a start. And I just think the players at that moment in time, I think um, Clement will know who we want to have and who we want to keep. And does he need to bring another player in like him? I, I'm not too sure. I just think at the moment, I think uh, Hadji should still continue what he's doing out there and then reevaluate it in the summer. I don't think we should look at the option at the moment, if you want our finances to go anywhere, I think our finances should be concentrating on trying to get Seema and not trying to get Hadji back. I think he was out on loan for a reason. So I wouldn't be paying any money to get one of my own players back at a football club just purely because we need somebody for that that, that side of the pitch. I think Clement will find out who he wants to bring in in the January transfer window. And I think we've just got to trust in the manager. I think we'll go into it. Like we were, there's, there's talks that there'll probably be a technical director announced this week. That's obviously worked with Clement before, so and he was um, involved with one of the, I think maybe the Hadji deal to us anyway. So um, it'll be interesting to see. I'm not, I'm not ruling it out. I just, I really don't think that we should be paying money to get one of our own players back. I think we should just let him go out there for the season and then reevaluate it in the summer. But that's just my opinion. You're on mute. What a laugh, eh? I'm your podcast, and that's fine. It's don't get this in heart and hand, eh? And, um, the whole scroll and mute. Uh, Bill, I, I get Shona's point now like, when we, you know, we don't have unlimited funds, um, we do have a lot, um, to strengthen and rebuild. So maybe pay a small minimum fee to bring Haji back. And again, that's just speculation. So I do get Shona's point, and there's a lot of players in the uh, midfield areas, but those players are. Sam Lammers, uh, Kieran Dow, for example, um, still yet to see if Tom Lawrence can come back and do it uh, consistently. I'm a massive Lawrence fan. I think he will, but it still begs that question. Um, I, I think for me, it's a no-brainer to bring Hadji back. Um, are you edging on the side of myself or Shona? Um, yeah, probably more coming down on your side, Colin. I love Yanis Hadji. I've loved Yanis Hadji ever since that night. That we beat Braga three two. That, that was just phenomenal. Um, and you're right. The players that you mentioned there, Lammers. You know, I, I'm out of words with Lammers, um, and I'm still giving Lammers the chance. You know, I hope he proves me wrong. I hope he turns it around. But I've just not seen it from him. Would uh, you know? He's he's the current starter, isn't he? And. Would I rather see Ianis Hadji there than Sam Lammers? Aye, every day of the week. Um, you did mention Lawrence, and you know I like what I've seen from Tom Lawrence so far, but I've only the whole time he's been at Rangers, he's only played a handful of games, really. You know, um, so I've not seen that much of Tom Lawrence, and we know Ianis Hadji can do it, and he's actually Hadji is a funny one because when he was here, he he's one of these guys a bit like Tavernier. That he seems to divide the Rangers fan base. Um, you know, I, I remember uh, sort of the height of before he, he got his, his injury, um, the height of the madness on some of the Rangers forums about uh, Hadji and some of the abuse that he was getting. And I thought it was terrific. You know, he can really, he's got that past the unpick of defence. So I'd like to see him back at Rangers in some capacity at some point. Um, but I think what's more important is Philippe Clement's opinion. I think Clement probably likes Hadji's opinion. Um, and, you know, he's, he's talked about, I know, Shona, you were talking about, he'll have an idea of what he wants in the January transfer window, and he probably will, but he'll also be perhaps waiting for a technical director to come in, all of that. I don't see us really signing any new players in January, maybe one or two, but I do think he'll want Hadji back in. Especially if the choice is a straight binary thing about Hadji and Lammers. You know, we don't know what's going to happen with Lawrence yet, whether they'll kick on. Uh, so I, I sort of, yeah, I'd be 60-70% confident that we'll be seeing Giannis Hadji again in a Rangers jersey after January. And there, yes, there may be a fee to bring him back, but I'm sure, you know, Clement would prioritise that if that's who he wants there. But there is still, you know, a good bit of football to be played. I think we're playing something like 12 games in 38 days. 
after the international break. So it's down to guys like Lammers or like Lawrence to really go and make that spot their own and make Philip Clement think actually we don't need Hadri back because Lammers or Lawrence or whoever is playing so well. So there, are, there is still a lot of time there. There's still a lot of games to be played where the manager's thing needs to be changed. But uh, for me, certainly, I, I'd have Janis Hadri back in a heartbeat. I never understood the decision to send him out on loan. And I know Teddy Bears has made a comment there about it being his outburst in the press. I I didn't really think it was an outburst. I thought it was pretty tame, what he said, to be honest. And obviously there was some underriding bad blood between him and Beal or whatever it was. I, I don't really know. I don't think that's important now with a new manager and he'll be wanting a good look at Yanis Hadji. And you've got to remember as well the, the excitement was getting Hadji in the first place when, when he first came to Rangers, you know. Um, I think everybody was excited about him when we had him on loan for a little while and then he came uh, permanently. And I think he's done well when he's played for us. Uh, I don't think really he's ever let us down. Um, yeah, let's get him back in January. Uh, you know, he's, he's been doing well on his loan, uh, bring him back in and get him in competition for that kind of number 10 spot. There is, of course, a Belgian link, Colin, in, in all of this, that Hadji came from Belgium. And if the, the rumours, of course, are right, and a, a new DOF... I'm going to come on to that in a wee second. Aye. It was him, it was him that brought, took him to, to Henk. And I, I actually wonder if Hadji ever played under Clemence when he, went, when he was with was it Henk he came from. I really I don't, don't know. I don't know if he did. Um... I'll, I'll definitely check that. David Heard makes a really good point as well. If we're going to focus about, uh, we've got to focus on the player trading model. Hadji doing well in Spain. He is one of, even on on loan, Hadji is still a big asset. Even his name carries an extra few hundred grand and just because he's Georgie Hadji's son as well. Um, that's, it's kind of going, what, going against what I want to see him. I'll do what to see Yanis Hadji come back and I think he'd be a huge player for us. But we said it on Sunday's pod, uh, Thursday's pod, we're going, to, we're going to have to sell players we don't want to sell um, for the player trade model. Just one or two, you know, every year or 18 months. That's, a, that's definitely a point. Um Davey, so you mentioned it there. We do have another question for Paul McGarrow, and there's been a few people um, comment on this or asked about it. So, thoughts on the names uh, with the director of football linked. Um, so, for what we know so far, um, is this a nice? Do you want me to share your slides? Uh, oh. Aye. So, we're coming up in the world, listeners. We have a slideshow presentation. Um, put together by Davey Tomlinson himself. Um, so, Dimitri De Conte, um, Belgian-born, 1975. Um, he's former midfielder, um, played for several different clubs, over 450 appearances across several different teams, um, and then he's moved into different behind-the-scenes roles at Genk. Um, and in 2015, he became the club's technical director. So during that time, he's received over 300 million euros in transfer fees um, at Genk. And um, that included the big fee for Paul Onuachu um, in January to Southampton. So very well thought of in Belgium. Um, and the won a league title um, during his eight years um, at Genk as well. So, Davey, a bit of a, you know, bit of a similar pedigree to Philippe Clermont. Um, he's got success in, um, out with Club Bruges or Standard Liège, which um, is difficult to do in Belgium. Um, good track record for selling players, which John Bench came out and said, we need to start, being be start doing more and be better at. What's your thoughts reading all of that then? The only thing that sort of worries me, it starts to look like it's uh, the the old friends club getting together. That's uh, that's one thing that sort of uh, puts me off. But um, obviously the guy's done well. I, I mean, winning a trophy with Henk, I think it was the first time they won a trophy in 40 years. So it's not that, uh, that you think one trophy in eight years. But the, the 40 years before that, they didn't win a, a, a league uh, trophy so 
that's uh, that that puts that sort of into perspective. Uh, he seems to have. I, I don't know the players well. I obviously know Ayanis Hadji, and he, he brought him to 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 Henk, I think it was boys or to, to Belgium anyway. And yeah, I don't know. If yeah, if he's going to come in, he's going to come in. He said, "Oh, it's good." So if he's made three hundred million for for a, a team like Henk then hopefully that he could uh, reiterate that with, uh, with Scotland uh, and, and Scotland and and, and uh, bring bring some of that to us. I mean, we, we're sort of a uh, looking over the moon because we get 20, was it, 28 for million for Bassey. And that, that's a sort of only big sale we've had in, in years. Unfortunately, there's an, another side of the city that seems to have that better under the, the knees the, 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 than we do. But um, hopefully he comes in and, uh, and 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 changes that, or or whoever does come in. Obviously, this is just a rumor at the moment. But the, whoever brought it forward, was it Ibrox Noise or something like that? They brought it forward. They seem to be pretty certain that that it was going to be happening in the next few days or week. Sure. Now there's another question uh, coming for Curry. Um, it's a serious question for a change. It really isn't like him, um, but. What's what's our thoughts in this year's account? He's asking about. Like, I'm guessing he's disappointed that um, the money is getting used for off-field expenses, um, while on-field still is a priority. It'd be interesting to get your thoughts. I, I I made the point on Thursday that I think I, I think we we can't be short-sighted. Every year on-field is always going to be a priority, and every year we need to go and try and win the league, but. At what point do we need to take a step back and think for the future? So the disabled, um, the disabled access upgrades are long overdue. It should have happened twenty years ago. It's right for Rangers to spend that money. I think we need to invest in um, increasing Ibrox capacity. We've we need to strike while the iron's hot. Um, Mason made the point first day about just making the right decisions at the wrong time financially. We. <laughs> we decided we what shot what shot a uh, Kamara for and Kent three years after we could have got fifty million for the three and you know I think now's the time what got a waiting list for um for hybrid up season tickets we need to look at expanding that and then that will help the on field stuff in years to come. What's your what was your thoughts on the accounts in general? Well, I just think it shows you guys if you're not winning trophies, if you're not doing well in the Champions League, these things are going to have a negative effect. I don't think the £4 million is that big a deal. I do honestly think that was down to the last year's Champions League. I do think Europa Leagues are levelled. I think, like I did hear, like, for instance, that if we do get through these group stages in the Europa League, we probably would have, with the Champions League, with the two rounds that we've had with the Champions League, it's not going to be far off, like £5-40 million profit. So the more we, the better we do in the Europa League, the the better obviously we do financially. It's just simple as. I think with the hammerings that we took off in the Champions League last year, I think even if we got a point or even if we got a draw, you get money for these sort of things. So like I think um, you've got to look at the bigger picture. I think um, over the last ten years, I think we've had over a hundred million pound loss. We're now back into the positive. It's still a positive at the end of the day. I think. Um, they're looking at all these other plans that's obviously within the stadium. I don't think that's going to have an effect on the, the financial issue because they've obviously looked at these, the plans are already in place, but the finances are already there. And once that's up and built, I think the likes of Edmondson Price, the amount of money that's coming in and looking at other avenues, I think obviously the likes of even just attracting that 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 girl group, whatever it was, Stacey over here. I think it's just looking at things like that. Obviously, you've got the Gordon Ramsay restaurant. I think the the blue the new blue skyline just taking around eighty thousand pound in profit a month. So if we can continue these things. I do believe that next year our finances will be a lot better. But your finances, honestly, our finances are determined on one thing, eh, two things only, and that is Europa League, Champions League money, and player trading model. And we have failed in the player trading model, and we're not doing so well, obviously, last year in the Champions League. So that's had a negative effect this year. Do I think obviously next year the finances will be better? Yes. The biggest problem for me, guys, is that if somebody comes in for a serious bid for Jack Butland in the summer, we're not going to be able to knock that money back, unfortunately. So anything over the likes of 20, 25 million pounds, if we can get the likes of that for Jack Butland, because he's still at an age, do you know what I mean? He's only, what, just turned 30, 31, um, around about that age. He's still got a good five or six years. I think a lot of Premier League clubs will obviously be looking at their finances in the summer, and if they're looking for a goalkeeper, one well, that may be the slightly cheaper end, but obviously still got that quality. I think Jack Butland's up there. 
Um, especially if you've got the likes of Aaron, uh, who, the guy, I can't remember his name, not Aaron Ramsey, but the guy Ramsey that's a, the Arsenal that's not happy, he'll obviously want to move on. So I think there's obviously opportunities there that we've got to look at in the summer because unfortunately, guys, as much as I'm a, I love Jack Butland, uh, Rangers are my number one love and we've got to look after our finances and that will be something that we'll have to look at. Same with that, the Yanis Hadji. Do I think that Yanis Hadji obviously will have an opportunity under Clement. I think that will wait to the summer when he gets a full um, pre-season under him. I wonder, obviously, then they'll look at Hadji. But I think, obviously, as well, with Hadji's name, you've got to look at it and look at the bigger picture, guys. How many games? I know he had that serious, serious injury, and I do feel sorry for Hadji. But it's the likes of Kemar Roof, guys. We can't keep on sticking to these players through sentimental value. If we can get a five or six million pound bid in for Yanis Hadji, and we nearly double our money, we've got to start looking at these things and start taking it. Unfortunately, we just can't have that sentimental value anymore. I think the guys like, even like Jota that came from Celtic, I think a lot of the fans loved him. They got £25 million for him, guys. £25 million. So, look, we've just got to look at these opportunities and we've got to be taking them. So, for me, the finances is not as bad as what some people are making out. I think a lot of people are just looking at a £4 million loss. But I think you've got to look at the Champions League and the fact that we didn't really sell many players last summer. I think that's 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 had a a bearing on it. I think the year before that, I think we look, we lost the likes of Bassey, Nathan Patterson for really, really good money. So, um, look, I think uh, we've just got to try and look at the positives. But I think the, the biggest thing for me is we've got to be doing well, either in the Champions League, but I think our level is obviously the Europa League and clear trading model because that's the only way you're going to help your finances. Yeah, and again, there's mixed comments coming on what what should be the priority. Like obviously, when I I made this point Thursday, when I say look at off field stuff, that that's not taking all the budget available for you know the player wage bill. Like we should still need to continue to put money by for that. But you know, some mixed feelings about how quickly do we prioritise that Ibrox redevelopment? Bill, Colin, I'm going to come to you. Just to come in there for just two seconds, I think the reason why we need to be doing well in the Europa League and the Champions League is because uh, that helps your player trading model. Because if these guys are doing well in the, in the Europa League and the Champions League, it's going to help your 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 player trading model. Whereas last year we were an absolute write off in the Champions League, getting scudded off of teams. Nobody was going to look at us. So that's why I think when you're in the Europa League, you're more likely to get a higher fee for a lot of players, and you're likely to get a lot more bids. And that's just the way I look at it. So it's got to be for me. You start off at the Champions League and Europa League, and that's how your player model, trading model, should work. And a lot of your losses are no losses, but the the lost opportunity to make money is coming for players going in the last season in a contract. David Heard makes such a good point. It's financial suicide. These high paid players are not getting any return. Regular, regular decent competition that the in Europe helps us shift these players on in the last year of contract. Bill, um, on transfers coming in, I'm not going to ask you about a specific player, um, but a lot of the arguments that we hear um, for Lewis Ferguson over the last year or Warren Shanklin more recently or, you know, it's, it's a tale as old as time as the Rangers men. Aldo's asking, do we need to get away from this? We should sign him because of Rangers men. He's, he's making the point there's been several Rangers men at the club um, over the last um, six, seven years and we've not had a great deal of sustained success. I do agree with him. Um, I look back to one of my favourite players growing up, Kevin Thompson, diehard Hib, Hibs man before he came to Rangers, Hibs captain. Um, I'd take Kevin Thompson over, over more Scottish midfielders in the last 20 years. What's your thoughts on that? Hi, uh, likewise. And... Yeah, being Rangers men is great, but they also have to be good enough. You know, that's the thing. If uh, it doesn't matter, how, you know, I'm a Rangers man. If I was on the squad, I'd be shite. So the fact that we've got Rangers men in the squad, I rate that they have to be good enough. Um, you know, I think somebody like Shanklin, I do rate him. I think he'd be okay. Um, but there probably is better out there. But I think actually what we've got is a snobbishness in general about Scottish players. We've said this before on the pod. Like, um, you know, there, there are guys playing in Scotland, good Scottish players who understand the league, understand the culture, understand what it means to be at Rangers. Even if they didn't support Rangers growing up, like a guy like Kevin Thompson, you know, he understood what it was to be at Rangers and he came in and he was successful. So that mentality... Is, is a very important thing. 
I do think we see a lot of foreign players coming in for big money, you know, and think about the summer there, Pessers, Slammers, um, and they've not had the ground running at all. And if you've got a Scottish player who is a good player, and he's going to be playing alongside better players, you know, somebody like Shanklin, and I'm not saying that we should sign Shanklin, but somebody like him coming in, I think he'd improve playing the better players around him. I think he'd maybe score more goals. He'd do really well. But the point about that is, I think, whether it's Shanklin or somebody else, I think they hit the ground running because they know the game. They know what it means to be at Rangers. They understand exactly what the expectation is. And, you know, they're not under any pretense about it. You think a guy like Cyril Dessers really understood what he needed to do when he came to Rangers until he actually got here? You think he was really expecting to be booed off the park within about three weeks of playing his first game? You know, Shankland or somebody like him, and again, I'm not saying we should sign Shankland, but somebody like that, they know that they'll be booed off the park if they don't come in and start winning at Rangers. So I think there's a really important argument to be made. Um, you have guys that are Rangers men, and that's great. You also have guys that have come through the academy or whatever, and that's another route into it. You know, and it's like we've seen players like that in the past as well. But I think the bottom line is they have to be good enough players. Uh, Rangers men, if you're a good enough player, I think being a Rangers man is then an advantage. But if you're not a good enough player, it doesn't matter how much a Rangers man you are. Because, you know, if you had me and Davey and the team, we'd be hoaching. I, does that all? I mean, I think we look for, I think we look for the easy answer um, when things aren't going well. And I do hear a lot of our sign insert player's name here. And you, you hear the very least you'll get is effort. Um, um, Philip Siebel, um, I somebody mentioned his goal against Chelsea, you got 100% effort <laughs> off of him, but he's not going to win your leagues. Um, and back to the point, I mean, the Fourier should go and try your heart out for Rangers Bash, shouldn't he be? I shouldn't be playing right back for Rangers. Um, so I think that'll bring us to uh, a close. That's us just hard to Mark. Um, there's been a lot of questions come through and a lot of, a lot of really good, interesting comments on the questions asked. It's, it's good to see how different the opinions can be. Um, so thank you to all the listeners who've joined in um, and, and made it a good night as always. Again, if you do fancy some more content, uh, you can get the Daily News Show Monday to Friday every week uh, for just £1 a month. Uh, if that's not your game, you you know, two hours a week is already enough for you, even a wee like, follow or a share, wherever you get your podcast is much appreciated. Um, so I'm going to press you for the goodbye, and I'm going to press you for a quick round table um, answer to the last question. Starting with yourself, Davey, thanks for joining. The question is, would you take Ryan Kent on loan to the end of the season? No chance. <laughs> have you ever heard of me? No, no chance. The last year he just wasn't interested and obviously he's, he's, he's not done it in Turkey either. So no, no, no chance. Just just get I was just reading one bit of news there that Yilmaz got booked sitting on the bench yesterday for Turkey against Germany. So he didn't even get out in the park, but he, he got booked. So there you go. At least he played a part, I suppose. And I thought you I thought you might have done the, the, the biggest message call when you were done the best goal, but the biggest message I can remember two two biggest messages. One was Alan Alan Golzine crossing to Willie Johnson, who was virtually standing in the goal line, let it run under his foot. And the other one was obviously Peter Van Fossen, who who missed a goal against Celtic and probably hardly get into the, the Rangers team again after that. So that's two two big messages that come to my head. And thanks uh, for listening, everybody. No, thanks, thanks for having me. Thanks for coming on, mate. So that's one for the No Camp and Ryan Kent. Uh, Shona, great to have you on as always. Um, the list, some listeners are suggesting you could maybe uh, cover for Philip Grumont's holiday. Um, good to hear you as always. So same to you. He's a good buy and your answer. Ryan Kent on loan. Yeah, I don't know about that. Managing the Rangers, I think, um... I'd be all over Jack Butlin, so I don't think there'll be much managing getting done. So, uh, like, uh, <laughs> uh, for me, Ryan Kent, absolutely not. I think he's got a better player than Seaman in there. Um, I've, I've said that many, plenty of times. Seaman's now scored, I think, four or five times the amount of goals that Ryan Kent did all last year. Not a chance I would take Ryan Kent on, on loan. I think we're past that now. I think we need to get over these. I think, guys, honestly, I think we must be the only club 
that talks about other players that we've let away, Joe Arrivo, Glenn Kamara, all these, Calvin Bassey, Ryan Kane, Alfredo Morelos. And why do we want them back when you want them out in the first place? Do you know what I mean? This is why I don't get it. We need to move on. And unfortunately, we're probably going to have another kind of situation in the summer where you're going to probably see the likes of Ryan Jack, Ryan Jack and maybe possibly Borna Barisic going. These guys need to go. We need to move on. We need to do this player trading model, like I said. So if you want to improve that way, I think obviously um, Blue Horizons had a bit of a, a go at the comments, obviously, for the, the, the expansion of the stadium, guys. This is what we've got to do. Yeah, we, I don't, it doesn't matter. We've got to get to that next level. They get an extra 10,000 seats per week. And if we want our player, if our, if our player trading model's not working, then we need somewhere else where income's coming in. And that's why we're obviously building the bar outside. We've now got New Edmondson House. There's now going to be concerts in there. We have to expand our stadium, guys. We have to expand it. There's over 10,000 people on that waiting list. And that is, say for instance, that's 10,000 people. That is over four or five million pounds a year that we're losing out on. So we have to expand it. It was going to happen. We know it's going to happen. It's just the problem is because we're a listed building, it's going to take several years. I do think the planning permissions in place for the, the disabled access next year. We've also got the safe standing. If that can get go ahead, we can get more fans in through the safe standing. So it's all gradual build up. This is not going to happen overnight, guys. If you know that your construction or whatever, these things will take three, four years in the process, but we need to be looking at other avenues because that's just the way football is. We're talking about my chairs. People are not happy with it. I'm not happy with it, guys, as well. I'm on my chairs. I've got my two nephews on my chairs. It's not great, but it's bringing in income into Rangers. It's bringing in income, so that's all ours. So that is an offer I can get then. <laughs> <laughs> with a few added on, but that's gallant few extra there. But no, thanks for coming on as always, Shona. And you know, I, I do agree with you there, but it's, it definitely does put a thing in the um, the off field battles. Last but not least, Bill, thank you very much for coming on, mate. Is this a, a full house for not taking Ryan Kent? Um, do you know this? I think Philip Plummer could probably get a tune out of Ryan Kent, but I actually think you know, we've got a good thing going on with Cena right now. Um, I would take Kent on loan on with a caveat that Fenerbahce or whoever it is pays wages while he's here and it'd be a bit of a backup in case something happens to Seema because I do think Clement could probably kick his arse into shape because Kent was a good player at times, you know, but uh, we don't really need him, do we? We're, we're doing all right with him, I think. Um, so then no, no from me. His goal to Bennett was, was absolutely shocking. What was it, three goals a season or something like that? He averages. That's, that's, that's look, at, look at how many Seymour's got scored already. And he's only, we were only, what, nine games in or something? It's, uh, it, that's a problem with him. Yeah, and we've got Ross McCausland, who's got to go on one Ballon d'Or 2025. So, yep, Ryan Kent, stay in the bin. But that brings us to a close for this evening. Uh, we'll be back with you with the news tomorrow morning. Uh, have a, a lovely Sunday night, everyone. Take care.